Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I'm Lou Dobbs, and this is The Great America Show. Welcome. Glad to have you with us, and we're watching the radical Marxist left in America Come unstuck over that draft opinion rolling back Roe v. Wade by a 5-4 vote. A draft opinion that the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, John Roberts, says was leaked. And he's ordered an investigation to find out just who that leaker is. Now, we've learned a few things, haven't we, in these politically charged times? We've learned not to blindly accept the assertions of those in authority. Was it really a leak? Or was it purposeful and ordered revealed to Politico representing a leak? Just who does the leak benefit? Adam Schiff said it doesn't really matter who leaked it. Ooh, that makes us think uh, that it's a little suspicious that it was a liberal, perhaps a clerk, perhaps a justice, perhaps even the chief justice himself. Protesters were in front of the Supreme Court building within a half hour of the so-called leak. Placards and signs held aloft with pro-abortion anti-court messages blazing their messages of outrage for the TV cameras. Suspiciously quick staging, don't you think? Vice President Kamala Harris's shrieks of how dare they lampooned and mocked by conservatives and pro-life polls. President Biden less than eloquently saying he gets his rights directly from God and reporters merely scratching their heads. The Marxist slap puppet president more adrift than usual in the media hubbub that ensued, and Senator Schumer capping off the left-wing fit over a high court decision that wouldn't actually end abortions, merely leave it up to each state to legislate regulation of abortion. And yes, in about half the states, perhaps, there would be further limits or outright bans against abortion. We are, after all, a God-fearing nation. Ours is a Judeo-Christian culture. And we are a constitutional republic, a republic that respects states' rights and powers. Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution, under the Tenth Amendment, establishing the principle of states' rights, that the federal government has powers limited by the Constitution, and all other powers are reserved to each state. And clearly, abortion is not a right contained in the Constitution. It's that simple. It's that direct. The Marxist left, of course, disagrees, but they disagree with much. They disagree with the existence of the family, our federalist system of government, and the inconvenience of our Constitution and the rights guaranteed all American citizens. Democrat Congresswoman Ilhan Omar is a radical leftist, to say the least, now campaigning for a third term as representative of the 5th Congressional District in Minnesota. You know her. She's the one who wants to pack the Supreme Court to scrap the filibuster to assure pro-abortion guarantees, free college education, cancellation of $1.6 trillion in student debt. She seeks as well a Palestinian state, 
a two-state solution and has been accused of being an anti-Semite. And the list goes on. All sure to appeal to the far-left constituents of the Deep Blue 5th District in Minnesota. Seeking the Republican nomination to run against her is former NBA player and civil rights activist Royce White. Royce is a far-right populist, anti-globalist, a conservative Republican, a MAGA Republican, who is eager to win the GOP nomination in a primary race that has him pitted against party favorite Cicely Davis, and he wants to take up the challenge of defeating a Democrat incumbent in a D-plus-24 district. Please welcome to The Great America Show, Royce White. Royce, a pleasure to have you with us, to talk with you. I've been reading all about you, and you are a terrific American. And I want to start with what, what made you decide to run for the U.S. Congress? Well, uh, thanks for having me on, Lou. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm a fan of your work and, and the things you've done over the years. Um, you know, I just turned 31 years old in, in April. Um, so, you know, I've, I've only been out of high school and an adult now for, for a decade or so. And, and I, I graduated from high school in 2009. And, and that was obviously the year that, that we elected Barack Obama. Right. And over the last 10 years, I have come to better understand um, the, the greater political landscape, you could say. Um, and, and my own fight with the NBA helped shape my, my understanding uh, and my view about globalism and the attack on American citizenship, the attack on the founding values of this country. And, and I guess I woke up one day and, and, and up was down and down was up. Um, and, and I understood it to be a crisis of leadership, which I think it is. And, yeah. and the only way forward now, in my opinion, is to, to restore our national honor and sacred honor. Um, and and there, are, there are too few and far between candidates, but, but, but leaders in, in general that are willing to say that, let alone move forward and, and pursue it. So that, that's why I got involved in Ilhan Omar is as anti-American um, as, as you could possibly get. She really is, isn't she? And uh, But still, uh, the 5th District, uh, I, I don't know what the ratio is of Republican to Democrat. Uh, and, and for everybody listening, let me be very clear. This man is a Republican, and he, is a, uh, he has a strong spirit. Uh, that uh, I think reflects fundamental American values. Uh, it's just uh, it's just great to have you on the ticket and have you running against a person who, as you say, is anti-American. It's not that she's un-American. This is anti-American, uh, right. much like her party. Uh, right. Your your judgment about your chances and and as you surveyed that district to determine whether or not you could win. Well, first of all, I'm a firm believer in, in Jesus Christ, and I'm not shy about my Christian values. And, and in fact, I woke up one day to, to find out, you know, uh, which which was a shock to me in some sense that this this atheism had become widespread and Christianity had become enemy number one. And, and when I woke up and realized that I was like, uh, excuse me. And and so, you know, part of my candidacy as well and the, and the choice of, of where I started my political journey is a is a reverence for Jesus Christ and that he exhibited for humanity the value of self-sacrifice. 
And it, it is somewhat self-sacrificial for me to go into the belly of the beast and, and CD5 Minneapolis in Minnesota is the belly of the beast of, of, of liberal, neoliberal uh, Marxism, right? And, and, and that whole far left ideology, we are one of the, the cultural epicenters of, of, of such beliefs. And I have faith in God and I have faith that if we begin to spread the word spread the gospel again and transform hearts and minds with truth instead of becoming Democrats in order to win these elections and, and win these strongholds, um, then, then we can actually gain some ground back in this country. I, I try and tell people um, we, if we become Democrats to win these traditionally blue strongholds, then we don't really win. Uh, we, we actually lose twice. We lose once in the election on, on our ideas and values, and then we lose twice in, in the eternal with God. And that's really what's at stake for me. Um, but but I couldn't I couldn't take the, the, the easy route. I couldn't take the route where I went to a more Republican district or, or even ran in a statewide race that would have a bigger Republican constituency. I had to start in the community that raised me part, partially because I do believe um, that, that many within our community that have traditionally voted Democrat are only doing so based on mainstream media lies. Yeah, I, the lies are many and, and they're and they come uh, like a, you know, like water out of a fire hose from the from the Marxist left Dems. Your your community, D.C. five, uh, that uh, C.D. five, excuse me, uh, that is. That is an interesting subject to me because, uh, as you say, culturally, uh, historically, it is liberal as it can be. And we're seeing national polls, Royce, that show Hispanics, for example, are moving by by more than half to the Republican Party. Uh, yeah. This statistic alone is, spells doom for the Democrats nationwide uh, in uh, in November. And we are seeing people under 45 years of age move by 50% young people uh, moving to the Republican Party. Is there that kind of, uh, I'll put it, I'll call it uh, strength within the community. I was going to say vulnerability, but let's talk about it as strength uh, to actually think independently and to make a choice to go uh, to, go to the Republican Party or, or at least go toward you. Well, I think we're going to see, you know, and, and I th think that's what we have to be committed to doing. If, if we don't stand and fight these places that have been traditionally Democrat, um, not only will we eventually lose the entire country. And, and you could argue that we've we've lost it right now and that 2022 and 2024 is going to be a Hail Mary to, to regain it. Um, but but also, you know, we we lose we 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 forfeit the opportunity to even represent the truth. And that's the bigger issue. And, and so we're going to see where the people in my particular congressional district are. I think all across the country, different places have a, a, a varying degree of, of indoctrination with this liberal liberal media and, and the lies that come from it. Um, but, but I'm happy to be in the fight for that reason alone. I, I genuinely am in the fight to be able to bring a ministry of truth into a place that I know has been been falsely indoctrinated with these views. Um, and, and I do think that these views that they that they have promulgated are vulnerable in every place where they are held because they're just not true. And, and so, you know, I think the Hispanic movement is, is 
uh, a huge indicator. Many Hispanics have a traditional faith in God. And I think that the left has overplayed their hand with the church of LGBTQ and their open promotion of anti-human policies such as abortion, especially in the way that they promote it. Um, and, and there's an exodus from the black community as well. And if, if we get a, a Hispanic and black uh, exodus, um, the Republican Party can have success far into the future. Biden, President Biden today coming out and talking about what the, uh, the Republican Party is going to do if indeed the Supreme Court rolls back Roe v. Wade, uh, saying uh, Republicans will you know, go after the, uh, with the ultra MAGA agenda, as he put it, saying they'll ban LGBT children from classrooms if Roe v. Wade is overturned. This is the president of the United States talking with inflammatory incendiary language that is utterly false yeah. and is being picked up not only in our press and media, of course, but ac across the world. It's ignorance of being churned out by a, a, a Marxist factory at 1600 Pennsylvania and a, a puppet president. It is just appalling uh, the lies that are being told to support what you're saying about the about having a ministry of truth. I love that expression because if ever and, and I don't mean I don't mean I don't mean their internet ministry of truth that they just installed to 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 hope to you know <laughs> hopefully censor more and more uh, conservative voices on on, on social media. So. Um, but no, I would say I, I agree with you. And the, the reality is, you know, I'm, I'm not so old. So I was in school in, in the last 15 years and students, first of all, what, what, what the, the quiet part that they don't want to say out loud is that their culture and information war at a, at a macro level has certainly proliferated a, an, an identity crisis, you could say, or an identity uh, phenomenon of people who identify as LGBTQ based on based on social incentivization. I mean, and here here's how corrupt the narrative is is really. They make the claim that with things such as medical information or or any other what they consider right wing extreme extreme views can't live on the internet or in any place where people congregate, even if it's digitally. Um, because they have the opportunity to hurt people, but they also have the opportunity to be impressionable on young minds or, or minds that just tend to be impressionable. Well, the same is true for the LGBTQ political movement. And, and nobody could deny that as the movement has expanded, we've seen a younger and younger representation of people who who, who have these conversations now about, about their, their sexual identity or orientation that otherwise weren't weren't happening. And TikTok is a prime example. The entire sapiosexual versus pansexual uh, phenomenon that that broke out over the past few years is is completely absurd. I don't even know what the two things mean. Uh, uh, and I'm glad to hear you, I, Royce. I'm glad to hear you say that. And, and I mean, I was in school in 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 the 2000s, and there were there were students who there were very few students who identified as LGBTQ. And the ones who did, sometimes they ended up being uh, identifying that way later in life once we got out of high school. But those conversations never came up. And, and certainly if they did, people were pretty tolerable towards those individuals for the most part. Nobody was. And, and there was certainly no 
uh, no, no kind of school and administrative uh, persecution or, or singling out of those students at all. So Joe Biden's Joe Biden's, uh, you know, excuse there is completely unwarranted and unfounded in, in any type of evidence. Here, here's a man in Joe Biden that he is a sad figure. First of all, he's obviously he is obviously impaired. Uh, any American who is listening and watching him understands that and they don't have to say it they don't have to agree with it it's obvious to all of us that this man can't get across a stage without help he can't come down a set of stairs without help from that stage and when he's speaking the odds are very very high that he is going to be incoherent and his remarks incomplete to say the say it the nicest way i can we are in danger because of this man uh, and the and the cabal that is managing uh, that is managing him there they have a puppet who gets lost in the white house and they are propping him up only for their own purposes not for the national interest not for the national good or his certainly uh, it is a it is a the most visible case of elder abuse imaginable ever uh, your thoughts i don't trust joe biden as a 30 year old senator i mean let's just be let's just be you know clear that one of the biggest lies here that that troubles me so much is we are we are watching, you know, for him to say that MAGA is the most extreme political movement in recent memory um, as a as a person who is a part of that movement. I have to say I wear that as a badge of honor. We have had the most extreme response to a hundred and seventy year war by the Democrats to remove the sanctity of life from our society. And. You know, Democrats fought to 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 keep slavery, uh, you know, and and now they're fighting for the right to kill babies. And it's the exact same party. Um, and even the 1960s Civil Rights Act, where they where they played like they switched sides on these human rights and civil rights issues. We now see that the proliferation of the welfare state is, is as damaging to the black community uh, as as any other policy in American history. And, and also closely after that, the suffrage movement that now became the, the, the pro-abortion movement has also been predatory on the black community. So when you look at the totality of the score, the facts and the findings, you see that the Democrats are exactly who they claim to be fighting. Um, they are they are the party that that wants to create um, a justification to make a human or a fetus subhuman, uh, which gives them the right to, to move forward as such and and as you're speaking about this this pers- your perspective uh, and this arena right now we're talking about with this court case roe v wade possibly being overturned it turns out uh, rather than having been uh, as initially reported a done deal we're, we're talking about a country that has an opportunity in my judgment at least if it's turned over to to give that power back to the states where it rightfully belongs to decide uh, for the state of what they want to do on that issue. But it also gives us nationally an opportunity to think about what we have done since 1973. And that is we have, we have terminated 63 million fetuses. Uh, and I believe that life begins with with conception, uh, and those are human lives that we have terminated. We have much to answer for. We have, 
these could all be children, productive citizens. Uh, they would be in their uh, in their forties, uh, in some in their fifties. This is this is all about human potential lost to America, and instead we have illegal immigration coming yeah. across our border, uh, going we know not where, and disassociated from what is America and our our values. So it's a very troubling time. And I can't believe that the black community does not understand what has happened to them, what is happening to them at the border, because that is, that is directly an assault on, on I, I, I believe every American who is working, uh, who has a family, uh, it, it's a, it's a disaster for this country and all in the name of corporate needs uh, for labor uh, that have jobs that Americans won't do, as George Bush famously put it. Right. Well, there's too many uniparty sellouts. And, and I say that specifically as it pertains to the black community, um, the black community and, and our community leaders, our community activists, uh, politicians, celebrities um, have, have all become a conduit of, of Marxist, neoliberal, globalist politics. And, and one of the main culprits is the, the, the nonprofit industry um, that that acts and serves as uh, the, you know this hallmark for human rights and civil rights but really you know they receive their federal funding with the quid pro quo that they are in alignment with with policies that are explicitly anti-human and, and Planned Parenthood is no better example you know 60 million 60 million babies in 50 years is a genocide 30 million of them being black um, and and it's America's greatest sin in my opinion um, and you know we we have to really take this moment and and come to an actualization about what we will face in the future if we don't make the right decision. It's my opinion that if this Roe v. Wade decision is overturned and we send it back to the states, it will be the single greatest thing my government has done in my entire lifetime. Because any precept of human rights and civil rights must begin with the sanctity of life. And that's a Christian idea as well as an American idea. Yeah, and uh, and as an American idea and Christian idea, uh, it is one that we have turned our backs on. Uh, that's the incredible thing to me, is that we have somehow turned our backs on our religion, our Judeo-Christian heritage, uh, and the fundamental sanctity of life in America. Uh, it, it is the foundation of this country, uh, and to uh, you know, we just have much to answer for. We have much to atone for. Uh, we are redeemable, but we have to take, I believe, this first step. And I just uh, pray that the court has the courage to stand up against the attempt through this leak from the Supreme Court to the intimidation that they're all facing to, quote unquote, change their votes. Uh, it's right. going to be, a, I, I am sure, a, a close moral battle for some of them. And I hope that, uh, I hope that evil is vanquished uh, in this instance, especially. Uh, I want to. I want to get, if I may, to your thoughts about the country's mood right now, and how that plays in Minneapolis, uh, in your district, and what can be done to reach people who are just not listening. Uh, you know, President Trump famously said to the black community, "What have you got to lose?" and attracted more black votes than anyone I thought 
was possible for a Republican at that point, but not nearly enough, obviously. Yeah. Is there a way that you see for the Republican Party or independents, for that matter, to break what is a seems like a uh, a a lock on that block vote uh, that is the black community for left wing Democrats? Yeah, I would say that we as Republicans have to go back into these places first and foremost. We have to we have to represent an alternative narrative. And even when I was growing up, Republicanism was a foreign idea to me, and it allowed for the mainstream media to caricature Republicans however they they wanted to. And 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 as a young black man, it took me to do my own independent research uh, to, to find the Republican Party and, and understand the history of it. Um, now, the Internet and, and social media certainly helped that, but but there's just as much misinformation about the history of this country and our political landscape as there is truth. And actually, there's probably 10 times more lies than there is truth. Um, so that's one thing is that we, we have to physically go into these communities and, and represent ourselves. The other is that the Republican Party, in my opinion, also defected from from Christianity and our Judeo-Christian values at some point, at least in practice, maybe not in and belief or, or, you know, let's say casual faith, because we, we know there are many people who say they're Christian but are not. Uh, same with Jewish and Muslim. My opponent, in fact, Ilhan Omar, is somebody you could point to who, who claims that she's Muslim but, but clearly doesn't demonstrate any traditional Muslim faith. You know, Republicans... <laughs> We, we, we bent the knee. We, we folded. We capitulated on too many of these issues. And abortion was was one of them, obviously. But but there were many others as well, specifically around trade. And I know you were an early signaler about China and, and the threat of China. And that was a Republican right. deal. Right. I mean, Nixon is the one who opened up China and, and took us off the gold standard. And actually, Nixon was the one who who, uh, you know, when. Roe v. Wade was 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 instituted. And so, you know, there, there's a lot of culpability on our side as well. We should confront that. We should repent and, and, and we should move forward with faith in God and say the best way to to offset the Democrats at this juncture is to use our Christian faith as a genuine catalyst to to, um, let's say, bring an, a, a new form of charity a Christian charity, not a federal taxpayer charity uh, and, and a nonprofit to these communities, but an organic, Christ-driven, genuine care for truth and people into these communities and, and show people that, hey, all charity doesn't come with the quid pro quo that you become anti-human and Marxist. Yeah. I, I, and, and I want to point out, Royce White is, is running for, for Congress. Uh, in Minnesota, the 5th District, uh, Republican, conservative, populist. And I think that faith has a role here. I think also opening our eyes and minds to some realities. And that is, I'm sorry to all of those clever strategists and, uh, and demographers out there, but the American people, irrespective of race or ethnicity or religion, most of us want exactly the same thing from our lives. We want opportunity. We want education. We want safety and security for our children, our families, ourselves. Uh, we, you know, we're just not a very complicated people in America. We used to be far more plain spoken. We used to uh, pride ourselves on our ingenuity, our innovation, our ability to work hard, sweat, 
if we fall, we pick ourselves up and we go get them again. Uh, we've become a different, a different national uh, people, if I put it that way. And it's, and it's commercialized, incentivized, and we have to find a way to bridge back to the, to the, uh, the reality, the essence of what this nation is and who we are. Well, the, the, the reason I believe that's happened, Lou, is because our, our political class has become disconnected and, and disinterested in the people in a populist, uh, 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 you know, a populist driven political strategy or plan or, or journey. Um, our politics are, are predicated on, you know, this sort of cultural elite. And, and that is the real fight right now. You know, on the front line, you, you got. God versus Satan, which is the ultimate battle here and now, but in the eternal. But from a political standpoint and a geopolitical standpoint, the fight is between globalism and nationalism and and and, and the value of our citizenship, um, the, the economic value of our citizenship, but the overall value of our citizenship and, and uh, the, the globalists that mean to undermine the value of citizenship. Um, and, and those are the people that that we are talking about. And, and you could name them. Ilhan Omar is one of them. Joe Biden's one of them. Mitch McConnell's one of them. McCarthy's one of them. I mean, the, the, uh, Xi Jinping is one of them. Um, interestingly, though, I think Xi Jinping is only interested in being a globalist so far as China's at the center of their uh, of the globalist and Davos uh, plan for the future. He's really an ethno nationalist. Uh, but but anyway, you know, I think th those are the those are the battleground, uh, the battlegrounds that we have to prepare for. And, and there's no way for us to explain that to people without actually going. Uh, we, we've kind of conceded too much ground. We've allowed the mainstream media to, to represent the political landscape in whatever manner they want. And, and many, of, many of us who know better have scoffed at it and, and turned our head and, and, and lived our own lives in, in solitude. But now the results are, are going to be that these ideas are, are going to continue to encroach on our lives, on our communities, on our children's future, and, and so on and so forth. One of the reasons I cheered when you described yourself as a populist, which is what I consider myself and, and have done for better part of a quarter century, I, I, I've always looked at it this way. Uh, populist means for the people. And if you're not for the people, then identify what you are for and who you're for uh, if it's not the people of this country. Uh, so I want everyone uh, Royce, I want everyone to be a populist. I really do. Uh, and uh, the snide elites always look down at, uh, uh, at us populists and, uh, and say, you know, you're just for the people. Well, the people in this case are pretty good folks and they're a pretty good bunch to be for, uh, we've done a lot in this country. We've created most of the world's wealth and we've shared it with most of the world. Uh, we have saved a whole bunch of lives and we have uh, saved western civilization a couple of times we may have to come to that test again as you suggest with china and with russia but right now we're a pretty good people and, and you'd get the idea we're just horrific when you watch <laughs> right. uh, corporatist news and uh, you know popular culture i am so disgusted with what i watch on television we're not a bunch of fools. I've heard a lot of people start, you know, I'm hearing this more and more. I don't know about you, Royce, but 10% of us are the only ones who want freedom. And it's just an argument for elitism. Yeah. I know 
too many people who are smarter than me that I went to school with who, you know, they didn't, they didn't succeed in life financially, commercially, however you want to put it, but they're good, smart people and deserve every right that every other person in this country deserves. And I, you know, I've got great respect for everyone in this country, no matter what job they work. I was raised that way. And all the people that I grew up with were raised that way. It didn't matter what you made or what you had, as long as you were doing your part. And we respected one another on that basis. It's, that respect is gone right now. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I would say that deep down, most people are good. And the reason why our elites are not populist, why they're not for the people is because they're not for people in the most general sense. They are anti-human, which stems from their anti-God, you know, uh, nihilism towards towards life. Uh, okay. and, and that is a predicate for abortion as well. Um, but 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 we do also have to acknowledge that all of us, all of us have have stood by and watched this machine kill 60 million citizens. So maybe we aren't such good people, you know, and, and my point would be that um, people are cultivated, you know, politics is downstream from culture, right? And um, the, the culture from the left for a long time, and when I say left, I mean some Republicans too, um, the culture from the left has been to double down on the wickedness of people and, and try and make the claim that um, because people have the capacity to be wicked in any in any uh, measurable quantity, then we should all dive in <laughs> and and get our get our fix while we can, because their 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 idea of, of heaven has collapsed, and all that is there for them is the here and now. That that's the radicalist that's the radical materialist worldview, and, and they openly admit that that's who they are. There is no God. There is no heaven. All there is 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 right now. And and what can I get? And what can I do for me? There's no there's no greater selfish worldview than that of of the left, and and so we've incentivized people to become more wicked than they maybe otherwise would have, um, and and so you know I think we had th- th- this next election 2022 and 2024 um these these elections are not a referendum on democrats or globalists or the the radical feminists or the church of lgbtq or the the black bourgeoisie sellouts and blm this is really a referendum on the american people and and when i say the american people i mean those of us that that genuinely believe in america um, and and hopefully most that believe in god and believe in judeo-christian values this is a referendum on us because Make no mistake about it. We let it get this way. And this this country has changed markedly in the course of the past half century. You talked about graduating from high school as President Obama was uh, moving into the Oval Office. That was a time of hope. And it was a period of, uh, I think, most Americans, uh, based on the polling, uh, they were excited about the, the potentialities with a, a, a black American president and what could transpire from that. Obama, in my opinion, became the most divisive figure uh, since Richard Nixon to take over the White House instead. He threw away a historic opportunity uh, in, in with so many judgments, misjudgments that he made and decisions he took. 
and initiatives that he followed. Uh, and then we that was followed by George W. Bush, who made more mistakes. More There were more calamitous uh, decisions made, whether it be the war in Iraq. And we, we can follow it through uh, to the this moment in time in which we had for four years a man who was doing everything he said he would do, keeping his promises. We hadn't seen that since Reagan, a president who actually kept his promises to the voters uh, in the campaigns for the office. And he's rejected because he was uncontrollable by the, 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 there was no way the establishment could control him. And now we're faced with precisely that decision again. And it is a question of good versus evil, as you say. I, I just, uh, I just can't imagine having a president who says that to parents that while your kids are in school, these uh, they belong to teachers. Uh, a president who uh, wants to teach uh, sex education uh, to five to nine-year-olds in, in public schools. Uh, this is an appalling and and straightforward evil, evil uh, perspective and initiative on the part of this, this White House. We've never seen evil so raw and in the open uh, and so obvious to all. Uh, your thoughts? Well, I think Barack Obama's presidency was a scam to begin with. It was a three-card Monty, and it used Black people. Our history in this country, our, our very real traumatic and, and tragic history in this country, to push an initiative that that none of us or few of us uh, could have could have possibly imagined, and and that scam was that Barack Obama's being elected as president was a win in the human rights progress of America, but simultaneously it was an attack on America. It was the beginning of an anti-American ethos, and 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 it's it's completely contradictory with the truth because. Aside from the history of black people, the tragic history of black people, our country is the only country that has God-given inalienable rights baked into well, us in, 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 in Israel, you could say as well. Um, but the, the, the country and our founding documents say explicitly that you have been bestowed with, with inalienable rights by a creator um, you know, that, that is higher than man or government. And what Barack Obama and, and all of the people on his side of the football in that cultural elite, that that metropolitan globalist cultural elite uh, want is for man and government to be the highest form of authority uh, here on Earth. And, and so you know, the attack was on God and the attack was on America as soon as Obama stepped foot in office. And, and looking back on it now, I feel taken advantage of as a young black man at 18. I mean, you couldn't you could not. There was no way to not have some level of optimism about a junior senator who kind of came out of nowhere. And, and, and even if you paid attention to politics, which most people weren't, uh, you would have had very little information about this guy. And and it, it is a cautionary tale for us going forward about about the standard that we hold our leadership to and, and the the authenticity we demand of 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 our political um of our elected officials as well. And of our corporatist media as well. Uh, yeah. I wish that more people paid greater attention to who owned what when it comes to national media, because the country's, the, the body of public knowledge is uh, dependent uh, on a handful 
of media uh, oligarchs in, in this country. We've reached that point in the show where we ask our guests to, to take the last word. I've enjoyed our conversation, Royce, tremendously. I thank you for taking time to be here. And uh, if you will, uh, the stage is yours for your concluding thoughts. Well, thanks for having me on, Lou. I appreciate you and your audience. And, and, and I would say to continue to pray and, and keep hope, but, but follow up the hope with action. We have to restore our national honor and sacred honor. And the best way to do it is through our faith in God. Um, uh, I am in a dog fight with Ilhan Omar, and, and I definitely need people's help because the, the, the money is infinite on their side. George Soros poured $250,000 into the DFL party here in, in Minnesota, um, not, not, not excluding what he's given to individual candidates. Um, so, so we can tell that the, that the playing field is, is uneven and, and the Republican party as a whole in Minnesota had $50,000 cash on hand at the quarterly. So you know, to everyone in your audience, whatever donation you can make would be appreciated. And, and our campaign website is RoyceWhite.us. Um, my, my, my only interest in this is, is not to become a career politician or, or make some substantial living, but we're in a crisis and I want to fight for people's citizenship. So Godspeed. Godspeed, Royce. Uh, we appreciate it. Royce White, please come back soon, uh, if you would. And God bless you. Anytime, brother. Thank you. Royce White. He's a man who's unafraid of serious challenges, and he's a fellow I think we'll be hearing a lot about for some time. His website is, again, RoyceWhite.us. And our guest tomorrow is a fascinating fellow. He's a brilliant professor of astronomy at Harvard University, he is director of the Institute for Theory and Computation in the Harvard-Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics. That's a lot to say. Uh, it also suggests to you something about his IQ. Professor Avi Loeb, he's heading up a mission to recover from the floor of the Pacific Ocean. The first interstellar meteorite, or is it something else that came from another solar system to the planet Earth? Perhaps, perhaps he'll discover evidence of extraterrestrials. Please join us here tomorrow. It promises to be a hoot. Till then, thanks for being with us. God bless you and God bless America. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.